treat your SDRs as a resource that's equally valuable than your account executives. Um, when you start doing that, things, things change. And then, yeah, pay them properly. And if you can, stop eliminating all the boring tasks of the job. So if you can create a dedicated data research team, that is a really good idea that we implemented many years ago and it's yielded incredible results. Hey everyone, George Soto here and you're watching Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by my friend Tito Bort, who is CEO at Alti Sales. He is a sales development inside sales expert. He's been doing this for quite a long time. And I got to say, I've never heard a leader like you with such an incredible balance between the qualitative human stuff and just a keen mastery of the quantitative stuff. Tito, how are you? Man, I appreciate it. I am doing great and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it as well. I know you're running a, an incredible company right now and super successful. So I appreciate you carving out 20 minutes to talk sales and sales development. You know, folks really are trying to figure it out. I hear it every day. Like no one knows what the hell to do. Sales has changed so much, particularly at the top of the funnel. If, uh, if you had to sort of think about the best way to build an SDR culture, I know you do this for your team internally and then also you know essentially rubs off on your clients what's the best way to build that great culture i think that a lot of people who are running you know sdr teams or building sdr teams in-house are uh, start with a mindset of it being an entry-level position and don't necessarily like respect the role enough and that really sets you back um, and holds you back from being successful. So I would say the SDR job is maybe one of the most difficult. There are too many different tasks you've got to do consistently across time, every day or every week. And they all require very different skills. This might be having to research data, right? R having to make phone calls, writing call calling scripts for yourself. Like you're to be good at copywriting, good at communication. Objection handling, that's a whole different skill. Um, building pivot tables on Excel, trying to understand what's working, what's not, right? Um, having to learn how to, how to do like social selling, another skill. And there's so many of these different things that we got to do, you know, write, write emails, personalize them, go on LinkedIn, get on the phone, make dials, research people, understand results. And then you got to follow uh, Tito Board and Josh Braun and Kevin Dorsey and everybody to try to figure it out, ends up happening that all the SDRs get overwhelmed. I think that the majority of people who want to get out of the SDR role is not because the SDR portion isn't enjoyable. I do believe, and my team has demonstrated, that people are happy to be on the phone as an SDR role trying to get meetings for years and years and years. Here's what they hate. They hate being underappreciated. They hate being underpaid. They hate, you know, being uh, like bottom of the barrel type of people that nobody respects. Um, and they hate all the different tasks that get accomplished. Nobody wants to spend two hours a day doing data research. I can tell you that. So I think the first thing to start understanding is treat your SDRs as a resource that's equally valuable than your account executives. Um, when you start doing that, things, things change. And then, yeah, pay them properly. 
And if you can, stop eliminating all the boring tasks of the job. So if you can create a dedicated data research team, that is a really good idea that we implemented many years ago and it's yielded incredible results. Awesome. So I, I know like folks like Daniel Barber, who's now the CEO of Data Grail, back years ago when he was heading up sales development at Tout App, he used to talk about a similar thing where he'd say, we have these LDRs in the Philippines that do all the data work, right? And then the, the SDRs focus on actually executing the messaging, doing qualifying demos and those sort of things, and then handing off. And that's absolutely it. And so that that's what surfaces for me when you mention, you know, sort of like being able to value the, the SDR and then have particular specialized roles focused on the research and data piece. So that's awesome. You know, speaking of the demo, of course, we care a lot about the demo here at Reprise. And I hear this all the time, like some organizations have SDRs that demo, others that don't. When do you know maybe that your SDR should demo as well as the discovering qualification? And when do you know, maybe, hmm, maybe not, maybe we'll just have them focus on discovery only do the handoff. And then the AE owns the demo. I, I think this is the wrong discussion. And here's, here's why. I think that inbound and outbound leads are completely different. What we got to learn as sellers is where is the person that's on the other end of the phone line or on the other end of the Zoom in terms of their buyer's journey. Everybody's gonna go through a process of first, like let's, let's, break, let's reverse engineer the process. The last thing you're gonna do is buy a solution. What do you do before you buy a solution? Well, you evaluate a bunch of options. Okay, well, even before you buy a solution, you do paperwork, right? You, you make a decision. Before you make a decision, you're evaluating options. Before you're evaluating options, what are you doing? You're setting up your criteria. What am I going to evaluate these guys based on? Okay, before you set the criteria, what are you doing? Well, criteria to solve what problem and who's going to solve it? Well, you're going to assign the person who's going to solve the problem. And then before you assign the person, you're going to acknowledge you have a problem. Before you acknowledge you have a problem, you're unaware. You don't even know you have a problem. So the question is, where's the lead at in their buyer's journey? I get inbound inquiries. So do you. George, where somebody will come and say, hey, I've already talked to four of your competitors. Here's my Excel sheet with the 12 checkboxes that you get to check off in order to even be considered. And if you do that, I like an hour demo. And if I like the demo, I get to make a decision by next Friday. I don't care if you call it the SDR, the AE, whatever, but you need a highly skilled person to be able to understand those requirements know what to challenge versus what to deliver, how to position yourself according to their needs and try to win the deal. Those are hard because they have pre-existing requirements, a pre-existing perceived notion what the problem is and what the solution needs to look like. There's other people that come in a slightly earlier stage. They say, hey, George, here's where I'm at. I've realized I suck at X and we really need to get better. Call it sales engagement. So I need a tool that can do cadences. And I don't know what else I'm missing. I don't know if I want to do dials or I want to integrate with LinkedIn. I'm, I'm early in my journey. You're the first vendor I'm talking to. Help me out. Hmm. Show me something. It's a very different conversation. It Gosh. is not a, 
you know, disco demo on the same call. Because if you already send me your pre-requirements in Excel sheet, the first call I want to do is like, hey, George, I know you're going to buy this by Friday. Where are you based? You're in Florida. Nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. But hey, three minutes of chit chat and let's get straight to the point and be like, here's what I want to do in this demo. You send me your 12 requirements. I'm going to, I'm going to take them off one by one. I, I want to get your confirmation, your, your, your thumbs up that this is coffee. First thing, sequences. Let me show you. I built a pre-sequence for myself. Here's how it works. Is this what you're looking for? What questions do you have on sequences? All good. Can we check the box? Done. Thing number two, phone calls. Done. Here's the dialer. Let me place a phone call. Do you see how this works? Super easy. Everything gets recorded. Awesome. Number three, boom, 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 boom. At the end of the 12, you say, cool. How do you like this so far? You say, I really like it. It meets all my requirements. Hey, before you go, I got to show you three things that you have to have in this process. You're not seeing this yet, but these are going to become problems later on. The analytics portion. If you do it X way, you're going to fail. If you do it this other way, you're going to succeed. Let me show you why. And let me show you my analytics process. You see how this is better? And you're like, shit, not only are you meeting my requirements, now that I'm relaxed and I've already met all my checkboxes and I like you, you're educating me and giving me more. That's who wins that sort of deal. The, the further back you go in the process, the, the more different that gets. The ones that have early requirements, you want to have a disco call to ask some of the requirements. And then you might want to share uh, a few PowerPoint slides if there's some visuals that you want to share. You, you might not want to go into a demo. You want to pique their interest knowing that they're going to go talk to other vendors and try to embed something in their brain of things that they should be looking for. Mm. And the ones that are super early, if you're doing cold outbound like we do, you're going to talk to people that they're like, hey, why do I even need a security for Kubernetes tool? That doesn't sound like something I need. I would say, no, 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 like come chat. When they join the call, we can't ask, hey, uh, so what's your pain point? They're like, what the hell? I don't have pain point. Stop the salesy lingo, first of all, but two, I don't have any pain. So <laughs> yeah. what's keeping you up at night? Ah, you're, fuck you, you're dead. You're like, what do you mean? Right? So what you gotta do is completely the opposite is to say, Hey, George, welcome to the call. I'm Tito Bort. I'm a Kubernetes security expert. I've been working in the industry for, for 12 years. However, today, here's what I want to do. I want to have a little bit of a conversation. I want to show you some of the trends we're seeing in the industry. I want to see if the way you're thinking about securing Kubernetes is the same way we're thinking about it. And if it makes sense, we'll talk again in the future, but today we only scheduled 25 minutes. How does that sound? Done? Good. So here's the state of the industry. Most companies are securing their Kubernetes this, this, and this way. However, the smartest guys, They've realized that X, Y, and Z will become problems. So they are getting ahead of the problems. They're doing this, 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 and this, and this. And how are you thinking about it? And hopefully your prospect says, wow, I never thought of it that way, but that's right. And the key is that's right, not you're right. If you've read Never Split the Difference by uh, Chris Voss, he says, get them to say that's right and get them to say wow. If they say wow, that's right, You've won their minds. Now you need to turn them into a champion and they need to go internally and convince the team that this has to be turned into a project. If the sales price is high, call it 100K. If the sales price is 5K, maybe they can freaking expense it. Mm -hmm. So 
going back to your question, should SDRs take the demo versus do the discovery? Versus, I don't know. It depends on the motion. If the process is repeatable and predictable and it's easy, I think you want to McDonaldize your process. What do I mean McDonald's? Just what I believe McDonald's can do, and they do it really freaking well. I can go to any McDonald's in the United States. I own their French fries, and they test, taste exactly the same. They're perfect. I believe McDonald's has gone to the point where they can go hire anybody with minimal experience, pay them $10 an hour with zero knowledge and zero training, and that person makes freaking perfect French fries each and every time. If your process is that easy, predictable, and scalable, which might mean that you're more SMB, you can grab an entry-level SDR and promote them. If you're doing a multi-cloud implementation of $15 million, like some of my clients do, you probably want to have somebody that's been there, done that, that's shadowed AEs for a while before they became an AE. They've sold in the industry many years. They read the magazines. They know the lingo. They understand the buyer persona in and out. They can map you. If I say, what does a Kubernetes security engineer do on a daily basis? They'll map it to you. They're like, they drive to the office, usually from 9 to 11, they're checking email. They're doing this. They work at night. This is, this is their communication preference. They hang out in these Slack channels. They, like, that's the person you need for the demo. So I don't care what title they have, if it's SDR, AE, SE, or whatever else. But hopefully that's insightful and that Absolutely. provides some context. Yeah, I mean, that's immensely helpful. And I think that that answers the question pretty deeply. You know, actually, you know, I was going to ask, what's the distinct, distinguishing factor between, you know, rock stars and superstars? What's the difference? What would you say superstars have that maybe rock stars don't? Yeah, and it's not a one being better than the other. These are two distinct different mindsets. And I stole this blatantly from Kim Scott on her book, Radical Candor. She, I believe she worked at Google and Apple. You can go read the book. It's amazing. And she understands people so well. And I've just adopted her method. So she says, there's people who are superstars. What is a superstar mindset? And it's not like you are and you will always be. You are in this moment. You're in this state of mind. A superstar is what I would have called myself when I was 23, 24. I wouldn't mind coming to the office at 7 in the morning. I wouldn't mind leaving at 11 p.m. I wasn't trying to just do my job. I was trying to get a promotion. I was trying to learn more. I wanted more responsibility. I wanted more coaching. I wanted more learning. I just wanted to get better. I wouldn't mind the long hours. I wanted you to pay me a decent salary, and I was wanting to get hit my quota as an STR. But beyond me hitting my quota, I didn't want to continue calling and continue getting meetings. I just wanted more responsibility and new learnings. That is a superstar. In our worldview, there's also rock stars. And rock stars are divided in two segments for us. There's rock stars, and you will be shifting from rock star mindset one to, to rock star mindset two back and forth a lot. Person number one says, I'm optimizing this month for money. What does that mean? The only thing I want to do is go ahead and make ridiculous commissions. So how do you structure this if you're a good SDR leader? Okay, for every demo you uh, schedule, for every meeting you schedule, you get 200 bucks. From demos six and after, whatever your quota might be, you're going to get 400 bucks. Okay, cool. 
if I think I can get to 10, I'm going to make a big chunk of money because my commissions skyrocket. That's going to that's gonna create a rep that doesn't mind coming in early and leaving late. They don't want to learn how to be a manager, how to be an AE. That sounds awful. I, I like what I do for a living. I don't want to manage people. I also don't want to be an AE. Have you seen them? <laughs> December 31st on the phone. I can't get ready for New Year's Eve. I got to close this. That sounds like a horrible lifestyle. I want to be an SDR. I come in in the morning. I show up at whatever time I want. If I hit my number of demos for the month on December 17th, I take off. I don't show up to the office again. I show up January 4th. Then I get my quota. I can work in the morning when I want to. I can work in the afternoon when I want. I don't care. If I'm an AE, people put meetings on my calendar. They want to follow up at this part. I depend on the sales engineer availability. I don't want to depend on anybody. I'm a single mom. I have two kids. I got to take them to school in the morning. I can't. Don't put meetings on my calendar at that time. Different mindset. Yeah. It's not about just getting promotion and working excessive hours. It's about controlling either my time and really optimizing for time off or really optimizing for money. And if you're optimizing for money, you're probably going to work longer hours and really try to get a lot of money. And if your commissions are great. And then other times you're going to be like, this happened to my sister. I said, hey, you should try to get a promotion. You've been in the role for so long. She says, yeah, but I'm planning my wedding. You know how much time that takes? Give me a year. Let me get to the wedding planning. Let me get married. Then I'll come back. I'll want to put more time in my work to try to get a promotion. Right now they're promoting. It will take too much work. I can't give the business. I can't give myself the commitment necessary to succeed in the next role. Too many SDRs rush to the AE role because there's pressure inside the company that you either get promoted or you get weeded out. And the job of the SDR is so annoying with so many data research. They feel the pressure. They get promoted to AE. They don't have the time or the skill set to do it well. Then they churn. Mm. What do they need to do? Go get another SDR role to do the cycle again? That sucks, man. Companies need to understand that there's different mindsets for the people who are joining your company. And allow them to pick their path. Allow them to be happy with it. Pay them well. And guess what? If you're smart and if you get to the next level, I'm talking basics right now. If you get to the next level, you're going to start building SDR presidents clubs. We do three a year. Two are regular. One is a super presence club. What does this look like? If you quality, if you hit quota for the quarter, you get one ticket. With one ticket, you can go to a regular SDR presence club. You fly off Thursday night or Friday morning. You get to our destination, call it Cancun, Mexico, by Friday at noon. Friday night, we do dinner. Saturday, we do an all-day activity. Sunday morning, time off to meet your, to continue to chill out with your peers and do whatever. Sunday, you fly back to your location. You're back at work on Monday. You missed one workday. You had a blast paid for by the company. Now, awesome. if you're not joining the big one, the two press, the, it's two tickets and it's Thursday through Monday. There's double the activities, double the dinners, double the time off, double everything. It's a lot more fun and whatever else. But different people want different things. And you got to build that culture that allows me to pick my path and be happy at the role. Awesome. Tito, thank you so, so much for your time. 
that was amazing. I, I was just thinking about how we could cut these in this video into a couple snippets, too, which is what we're absolutely going to do. So thank you so much. If folks want to follow you on social media or maybe learn more about Alti sales and how they can maybe you know hire you to help them with their sales development efforts, what are some good URLs or handles to reach you? Find me on LinkedIn at Tito Board. And here's the most important part. Uh, we're at full capacity as a company. I can't take on any more clients. And this is being recorded April 2021, which means that maybe by June or July, we will have a space for new clients. But what we're really trying to hire is we're incredibly picky with our talent. So if you're a top performing SDR and you're at a company that doesn't value your skills, doesn't provide you a career path, doesn't train you, your manager doesn't do one-on-ones right, you're frustrated that you're not getting to your OTE, whatever else, come talk to us. We love to hire top performing people. We have incredible training. Uh, our team averages 104% of quota. We go do these presence clubs. We do all this stuff. We really respect the role. We appreciate it. We think SDRs are even more value are the most valuable part of the funnel. So it's a lot of fun. I love doing this. Uh, thanks for giving me a voice and talking to your audience. And hopefully people have gone some ideas. Go back to your company and start thinking, how can I implement this rock star versus the superstar mindset? Hey, what type of demos am I running? Are these like more canon structure? Can I give that to more entry-level SDRs? Or is these like hyper complex and do I need an AE? And, and if that's the case, it doesn't mean that the SDRs that want to become AEs can't. But hey, they, they can't just do the jump immediately. They should be shadowing your AE and getting copied in every follow-up meeting for a few months and then run it themselves with the shadowing of an existing AE and then let them go on their own, right? Handhold them a little bit through the process. So good stuff. Hopefully people can go and implement some stuff. And I, again, appreciate it. George, will uh, talk soon. We're going to go grab a beer uh, again uh, at some point here in Florida. Oh, let's do it when you get back from traveling uh, Central America. And uh, I, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So Tito, thank you so much and uh, see you soon. Talk soon, my friend. Ciao. Cheers. Bye.